Ed, how are you? All right, yeah, not much happened this week. I can't really think much to talk about. No, all right, uh, see you next week. Yeah, all right, that's it. Now, well, now, there's a the small matter of title number 19 effectively secured against Chelsea, and what a fantastic performance by United on Sunday. None of this effectively secured nonsense. Uh, we still need a point from two games. From two games against the two worst teams in the division. <laughs> One of them at home. But, you know, if we slip up against Blackburn... The um, pressure might be on. Yeah, yeah. the pressure's I mean, on, and I, Blackpool I, will be fighting for their lives, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah, no. It's the, the, the pressure's off now. United are going to go to Blackburn and win, surely. Maybe. Uh, you might be right. I mean, the, there is the Italian football situation of the fact that Blackburn probably just need about a point to stay up, and we just need about a point. So, all I'm hmm. saying is, if only Big Sam was still the manager there. Yes, yeah, there would be a deal done, wouldn't there? I, I mean, I think Blackburn are probably safe, aren't they? I mean, it's, it's super close down the bottom, and, and uh, there's um, yeah, about five sides that could potentially go down or so, isn't there? So, I, I can't see I can't see them doing it. Let's do a full Blackburn um, preview in a bit, but but we, yeah, we've got to get on to the Chelsea game, haven't we? And, and how, well, that's, that's four occasions United have beaten Chelsea now. I mean, if you count the Community Shield twice in Europe, once in the league, uh, if we needed any more proof that United are superior to Chelsea this season, then then that was it. Absolutely magnificent. And and a rare correct prediction of the score from me. Uh, don't doesn't happen too often. But if I'm not much mistaken, I said it was going to be 2-1. Fantastic performance. I'm having a real difficulty singling out particularly brilliant performances from United players. Not because they weren't enough, but just because there were so many. I, I thought Park was absolutely brilliant. One of his best games ever in a United shirt. Valencia tore Cole to pieces down that wing. He had him in his absolute pocket. It was it was frightening. He was so good. Cole hasn't been roasted like that since, uh, well, Fat Frank's party. Oh, I tried to stop you mid-sentence there, but to no avail, so I apologise that too. Apologise for that, listeners. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, who else had a particularly outstanding game for you? Uh, aside from Park and Valencia, both excellent. Uh, Ryan Giggs in the centre of midfield. Peerless again. Wayne Rooney running all over the place. H- Javier Hernandez uh, creating space and, and obviously scoring a fine goal after 30-odd seconds. The two central defenders. Uh, every, I mean, everyone had a great game. I, I think the standouts are Antonio Valencia, clearly. I mean, he just uh, he completely destroyed Cole in a way that Ronaldo never actually managed. Uh, and, uh, you yeah, know, it was clear. And, and, and Park, I mean, what, what can you say about Park? He, he clearly is not of the same quality as other top European midfielders. But boy, does he do a good job. I mean, he knows what he, he has to do. And he managed to, for for once, at least not fall over every time he got the game, the ball. I can't believe you just asked the rhetorical question, what can you say about Park? And didn't immediately insert the word energy. Uh, I know we kind of joke about this, but his energy in that game was absolutely insane. He he ran and ran and ran and ran and the first time he looked in the slightest bit tired was in about the 87th minute. It was a, an amazing shift that he put in and and like you say there was some quality of end product for a change as well. There, there was a lot less falling over. I, I remember singling him out as having had a particularly poor game a couple of times early this season. You, you even said at one point earlier this season that the energy had gone but talking about the Chelsea game it feels like we're talking about a completely different team to the one that we've been somewhat critical of throughout the season because they they just seem to be firing on all cylinders at exactly the right time and they have dropped 
two points at home all season and that uh, it's incredible yeah so it's just I mean if it wasn't for that home form clearly United wouldn't have have won the Premier League this season because the away form's been been pretty dreadful there's quite a few sides with a better away record and, and in fact United uh, are going to finish with well either five or six away wins which is the lowest for something like 30 years yeah although um, I did hear talk of it being a fairly comparable to our away record in 99 well that was, that was actually a surprisingly competitive season uh, that that one went down to the in the in the in the league um surprising because united uh, cruised to the, the title in the, in the following two years but um that went down to the final game uh, the the points total wasn't particularly high 79 uh, certainly right yeah so so in, in certainly in terms of the standards set by say chelsea under jose Mourinho. true yeah not not a great not a great away record from united in that season but but not as bad as this one i think it's the number of wins uh, is is that stands out in this season so very very few wins and, and a lot of that of course was to do with uh, the, the start united hadn't won an away game for months and months it seemed no it, it it all seems a very long time ago so we've lost four games away this season wolves liverpool chelsea and uh, arsenal the other day which is which is a lot but that is of course all the games we've lost this season so that's that's not that bad and and just that extraordinary home record and it's a sort of it's a strange one there's been a lot of talk about why it is uh, I, I don't fully understand it because it's not like Old Trafford is a, a fortress with an incredible atmosphere and all those sorts of things although I have to say against Chelsea God it was absolutely jumping inside Old Trafford wasn't it? It, it was but I don't know how to take that though because uh, fine yeah a few of the big games you know, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool Manchester City there's a great atmosphere and then it's just dead uh, in some of the other games and I don't think that's a mark of good support and I think United fans as a collective can do better than that and both it's where Old Trafford is at the moment but yeah I, I, I couldn't tell you exactly why Old Trafford's turned into a fortress uh, it's obviously a great defensive record and the fact that you know we're prepared to be pretty attacking at home this season I don't remember too many occasions in which United have played one striker up front at home and that had happened quite a lot in, in last season in particular and, and um, I suppose a bit of luck comes into it there's been a few games where United just haven't played that well and managed to managed to win. Bolton comes to mind. A very late goal from Dimitar Berbatov, probably not deserved, and, and that kind of thing. Um, the Chelsea game, Chelsea looked in all sorts of bother. They just did not look like. I mean, obviously we got the most wonderful possible start with that fantastic finish from Chicharito, which would be a brilliant finish in the 60th minute when you've sort of warmed up and you're in the full stride of the game. But to do that immediately upon uh, the the game starting, you know, they 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 do say to stri- of, of strikers that chance came a bit too early for him but it, but you can't get up early enough to get your chance too early for Chicharito he he, he was on his knees 30 seconds earlier and uh, and then and then there he was uh, his his prayers seemingly instantly answered yeah apparently so I mean great finish uh, Tad well it was good through ball from Park perfectly weighted Tad fortunate that Luis couldn't cut it out there was no doubt was there no no doubt uh, in Hernandez's mind about you know, where he's going to hit it and uh, the cleanness of the strike and all that just just a really good finish in such a big game so yeah perfect start but yeah I mean back to your your original point there and, and uh, about Chelsea being all over the place yeah t- they were all over the place in the first half I mean I don't think 2-1 was a fair reflection of the game anyway I mean John Terry afterwards said it had been interesting we got the second goal we thought we dominated and all that I was like oh come on John I mean you know do you even believe yourself sometimes but um, United were vastly superior and especially in that first 45 minutes and I don't know what happened to Chelsea really they rev- they've reverted back in the last few games to 
the 4-3-3 system that seems to suit their players but just no one performed it, it was a very strange one and you wonder if they were sort of overawed by the occasion after after that goal went in they just felt like the rub of the green wasn't with them talking of the rub of the green that finish of Hernandez is that is the Hernandez finish isn't it it's, it's something that he does brilliantly it's from about 12 yards out slotted uh, and he's, he turns his right leg into a putter basically I know you've recently taken up the uh, the, the noble pastime of walking around hitting a ball with a stick um, but he does he does that kind of incredible putter like action with his with his leg yeah it's, it's the best way to spoil a good walk right? yeah exactly yeah, he's, he, he just gave the keeper the eyes didn't he he looked, he looked one way and slotted into the near well effectively the near post and uh, he's just brilliant at that and just uh, just seems to be a natural and, and we haven't had, actually hadn't had a player like that at United for a while I mean obviously Oli Solskjaer but he retired a while ago now and, and in fact the three years before he actually retired were mainly injury played ones and and I suppose Andy Cole before that Rude I mean Rude, Rude was an incredible finisher wasn't he incredible finisher different kind of player but yeah yeah, yeah he was a great I mean all about the finish Rude was all sorts yeah yeah absolutely um, a second goal as well was really really important because that completely settled the nerves and it was Captain Fantastic the the man who I think so far we'll, we'll do a season roundup but but Vidic is nudging towards being my player of the season for, for some level of consistency um, everyone else I can think of has had brilliant brilliant periods of the season but Vidic seems to have been solid every time he's played um, and he was absolutely monumental at the back I thought I, I mean I'm a big big Rio fan obviously and I, I but, but I really think that it's been Vidic who's been central to that defensive partnership in the last couple of games Vidic seems to have he seems to have if it's even possible grown in stature as a central defender he just looks so assured uh, and it was it was excellent to see him getting on the score sheet don't remember how many he's scored this season it feels like a while since he's done five that. he's got five which I think is the number you want in there right it's not five five's a good number from a central defender yeah it's not it's not Steve Bruce-esque is it but but it was pretty good and uh, it wasn't there one season Bruce got about 20 didn't he take the pens though <laughs> he did take the pens which is yeah, kind of cheating but but he's still got he's still got a lot of headers in there as well fair enough um anyway i'm never gonna diss steve bruce because he was absolutely fantastic um but yeah yeah it's, it's it, it was lovely to see united face with the big occasion not in the least bit overawed and and ferguson's nod to the crowd at the end the a, a bit of a moment of iconography in the in the midst of all that that that'll be remembered as an iconic image for a long time yes bowing bowing down to the family stand yes it was that was nice thing i don't think it was at the family stand was it wasn't it sort of more pointing at the stretford end well the family stand sort of in the corner yeah in the the south stand so she's kind of wandering that way but yeah anyway whatever it was uh it was to the united fans and it was it was a nice gesture because actually most of the communication he's had about or with united fans over the last few years has been to slag them off while defending the glazers (laughs) (laughs) i I thought you might bring that up i thought it was interesting and i thought his well well well, of course those of us who don't believe that the the glazers should be in charge of united were supposed to have effed off and supported Chelsea that wouldn't have done us much good would it <laughs> no that's true it was interesting to see him do that and and he said in the post-match interview that no no that's no he didn't say that he said that the fans were magnificent and and that, that United had really needed the fans after the goal had gone in and he sort of he, he felt that they'd really genuinely made a difference on the day and it, it was interesting you do wonder about some of the subtext of that but I think he was just sort of overjoyed um, in in the moment and wanted to, to genuinely express some appreciation to the fans I, I think I don't think it was a particularly calculated gesture no 
no, no. I, I, I think it was just yeah, it was just a moment from Ferguson when for for a, a split second he he was out of you know, manager mode and and uh, into celebratory mode and uh, and and that's great. I mean, he famously, of course, Ferguson only celebrates for about five seconds before he starts thinking about season uh, the next season coming and, and the next challenge and next game. I suppose we've got a few more games, including a, a little minor one in London coming up that he he might be focused on before the the champagne corks properly start popping. One thing that I thought was really interesting was how wholeheartedly he did celebrate. He really did celebrate as if the league was won, when it really isn't. I, I know it's a formality in inverted commas, but but we've got to get a point and we could definitely lose away to Blackburn and then we've got to play Blackpool. I mean, I, I actually think we'll get a point at Blackburn and it'll all be fine, but to sort of celebrate before you've actually won the league and all the United fans giving it all the 19 to the Scousers trying to get Paul Hardcastle's 19 up the charts uh, so it's number one on Sunday if we win the league on Sunday I, I was a bit I don't know I just listen if, if King Lee has taught us anything it's that hubris is dangerous a Shakespeare lesson on Rancast yeah it's a very it's a very it's a very good point uh, I'm, I'm not sure if hubris is the right characterization uh, from everyone but yeah uh, we we do have to bear in mind that, that United is not champion yet and this in fact was just a major victory against a major rival in the game that effectively decided the title but but seriously the chances of not picking up a point it would be the greatest collapse ever uh, in any sport of any generation since the Trojans <laughs> If that happened. Uh, is that a sport, mate? I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, no, obviously I think we'll do it, but but it was it was it was he he Ferguson sort of just said, you know, I don't I don't think that I don't think the players will muck it up. That was that was the language that he used. Uh, these players I don't think they'll muck it up. No. I do not either. I've really been this is a stupid thing to say, but I've really been just incredibly impressed with Sir Alex Ferguson's uh team selection and, and squad rotation and, and all those things this season i i mean it's just he's just done absolutely incredibly uh to to pull this team together and and you know i guess i guess this is perhaps more end of season roundup but but rooney's performances in the last two months have been absolutely magnificent he has been back to his stellar world beating best and he's been a huge part of the reason why united have looked so incredibly impressive and i think partly that's been valencia coming back but partly that's definitely been him getting his head right because valencia being on the pitch is not going to change rooney's first touch or decision past decision making and all those sorts of things and basically Rooney staying was sort of Sir Alex's triumph in a way he 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 played that situation wonderfully and and that's really bearing a great deal of fruit I think yeah yeah I mean he did Ferguson made the change tactical change at just the right time and United really needed to make sure they were racking up the points uh, and and uh, he's he's taken some risks obviously you know pulled Rooney much deeper he's 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 introduced Hernandez uh, on a regular starting basis I mean that's a big risk isn't it to, to dump your leading scorer onto the bench uh, he he's played Ryan Giggs in a lot of the really key games I mean he's a 37 year old playing in central midfield alongside Michael Carrick who's not really a naturally defensive player 
player uh, and certainly not in the in terms of a, being a destroyer he's got very good defensive instincts and, and so you know Ferguson's taken a gamble on on quite a lot that he actually changed with United in the second half of the season as opposed to the first half and it's almost all paid off yeah it's 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 it has been uh, an incredible performance from the man that we've described many times on this show as, as a very successful gambler uh, the, the the Hernandez story beggars belief 20 goals in all competitions in his first season at the club six million pounds obviously um stunning stunning performances um he could have had more in fact uh, against Chelsea he got himself into some fantastic goal scoring positions and actually his finishing very slightly let him down for uh, the first time in his whole career as far as I can work out but since that one went in off his face in the community shield he just looked like a Manchester United player I don't know whether that just helped him settle down uh, I, I don't know whether he's just you know one of those people who can just adapt to new environments I mean uh, Central America not South America but you know it's the cliche that South Americans don't travel well and, and all of that especially not to England and uh, I mean I guess it helps him that A's young so he's probably pretty adaptable anyway uh, and, and B he speaks really good English and that probably just helped him settle and and United have used him well they, they didn't they didn't um, put pile pressure on him by, by sticking him straight into the team and saying right well you've got to start scoring goals uh, he's been used more and more and more as the season's gone on I guess part of that's the fact that he's he, it's just been very compelling he, he had to play yeah absolutely and and you know he's obviously made a huge difference to the, the way the team sets itself up and the amount of space that Rooney has available uh, it's, it's just it's been wonderful wonderful to see the comparisons with Oli keep coming back don't they but I mean Oli did a similar thing in his first season I mean coming from Norway is different but I mean he got some like 20 goals in his first season so it was um, those comparisons keep happening and well you know if he goes if Hernandez goes on to have a similar career at United and avoids all the injuries then then uh, it will be a purchase to rank up there with Ollie who, who cost what, you know, a million pounds or something yeah, which is, you know, a million pounds then is six million pounds now, isn't it? It's a very directly comparable kind of price. I I have to say, that, like, there's not many people in the world that love Ole Gunnar Solskjaer more than I do, but I think Hernandez's career at United might be even better because Ole was never a first-team player, basically. I mean, he obviously started a good number of games, but he, he was never part of the number one strike partnership at United, was he? But I think come the first day of next season and, you know, barring injuries it's very likely that he'll start with Rooney and Hernandez up front yeah yeah well I mean Ollie never started more than 30 games Premier League games in in a season for United and and obviously a, a very high proportion of substitute appearances so you're right on that that front I mean the thing that will stop Hernandez being a, a United legend is either bad luck with injury or when he gets sold to Real Madrid <laughs> <laughs> which of course is something that happened to Cristiano Ronaldo and I genuinely wonder I mean I don't know I don't know if Cristiano Ronaldo's ego lets him regret things but I genuinely wonder how he must be feeling now because he's won the cup with Madrid which is very all oh, very nice but nobody takes the Copa del Rey seriously and they're not going to win the league they're not in the Champions League final it's it's not gone brilliantly for him over there has it no no I mean the only thing that he he may come out in, in terms of personal <laughs> 
place is that he's leading the Pachichi now, isn't he? Because he, I mean, he's got four at the weekend, uh, and uh, I think that's about the third time in in a few games that Madrid have, have racked up a, a cricket score in a game, and uh, a bit little too late for them. And and yeah, you, you're right. I, he must have some regrets. I mean, he, he followed whatever dream he wanted to follow and went to Madrid, but but he's swapped he's swapped glory and trophies for for the uh, the circus that is Real Madrid. You asked on Twitter, has anyone been more successful in the last 15 years when they've left United than than in their time when they were at United? And and you... it's not 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 so much in their time with United, but compared to the trophies they would have won, assuming United won that many trophies if they'd stayed. Right, and I, I mean the only one I could think of was Gerard Piquet, who who obviously has. I mean United have been winning trophies at the same time, but he's he's won an absolute ton of trophies at Barcelona in his time there. But there are very few, very few have ever gone on to achieve bigger and better things. And and Piquet's a pretty unusual situation because he basically left because he wasn't going to get a game at United. You know, he he didn't leave necessarily because he wanted you know to go back to Barcelona. Well, well, he did he did want to go and he engineered. He he definitely wanted to go and he engineered the move and it was partly a, a move home and partly yes he 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 wasn't in the first team picture because the irony he went from United reserves to the greatest team that has ever been you know trademark and and, and walked straight into the side and the Spanish national side at the time when they were winning everything as well. I have to say, if you, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I must be on record somewhere as saying this. I would have suspected that in the two seasons following Ronaldo's departure, he would have won more trophies at Real Madrid than United would have won without him. But that's definitely not going to, well, almost definitely not going to be the case um, because it's it's incredibly likely that we'll win the league this year. It's amazing how well Ferguson's managed to do considering considering Ronaldo's left. Somebody pointed out, I think maybe on Football Weekly, or it might have been Gary Neville on it. Gary Neville did a 25-minute interview with the BBC, which um, I think if you put in Gary Neville interview BBC into Google um, and then change it to the news thing, you'll get it. You'll get it quite near the top. A brilliant, brilliant interview, well worth listening to. But but Sir Alex has quietly built a pretty much a brand new side that there's obviously established pros in in the team Gary Neville talked about the conveyor belt that you've got the players in their teens then you've got the players in their 20s and then you've got the older players and, and they sort of shift along so Rooney's been promoted now to the ranks of the kind of established pros Giggs is obviously Giggs and Skulls are the very seasoned players Carrick's in that established middle period but you know you've got Smalling the De Silva brothers and Hernandez I don't think the central midfield is gonna you know I don't well, I don't think Darren Gibson or Anderson are necessarily going to end up being at United for a very long time. But but, but the Silver Brothers and Hernandez and um, Smalling all will be. Johnny Evans has managed to find some semblance of form again. And uh, Nanny obviously had a spectacular start uh, to the season and, and a really good sort of Christmas period. And Valencia, not quite such a young player, but but relatively young in his United well, career. Well, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's 25, yeah. But, I mean, he's uh, he is... He, relatively young in his, his United career I mean look you're, you're right Gary Neville's right there's been a very successful integration of new and younger players in, into the side and um, and Ferguson's you know, managed to pull off another trick there and he's done it with uh, most of those players you mentioned didn't cost a lot of money I, I mean yeah, relative okay so actually Valencia was 14 million and Nani was 17 and Smalling was 12 so they're all expensive but the, clearly the De Silva brothers and Hernandez have all been bargains yeah um, it's just it's just really interesting because I, I, I've I've just not been impressed with United so much this season. And yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I I think it would be very you know revisionistic. Is that word? Yeah, 
is now uh, of us to of us to pretend that United have been outstanding this season. It's just not been the case. Uh, United have have uh, I still believe degraded in quality and uh, from the time that Ronaldo is at the club, uh, we've we've been helped in many ways by a similar degradation uh, in Chelsea and the fact that Arsenal just can't find any consistency and obviously City aren't a, a real team yet and and Liverpool have just completely blown up. So at this period of transition, Ferguson has been helped by by the inadequacies of others too. Now I, I think next season will be different because Liverpool uh, look like the American owners are going to release purse strings. They've they've, they've they've had a revival since Kenny joined the club. Manchester City, obviously now qualified for the Champions League, are going to spend huge. You'd imagine it's the last season they can really do it. Uh, Chelsea, Abramovich has been liberated. He spent 70 million in the in the January transfer window, and I, I think they'll probably come good next season. Fernando Torres is too good to be this bad for 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 this long, and and I'm sure he'll do the same. And and so there's going to be a really strong challenge. And Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsene Wenger has talked about um, some of the mistakes he's made in the transfer market and talking about experience. It's the first time I've ever heard him use that word for quite a long time. So I think it could be that everyone makes some really strategic purchases in the summer, and next season is again very competitive as this year has been, but an upgrading in quality. And and United will probably probably need to do something similar it's just not a revolution there's no clearly not piles of players need to come in but just a few key ones obviously the goalkeeper is really important we might need a backup defender we probably or almost certainly definitely need a very high quality central midfielder we probably almost certainly definitely do it <laughs> sounds like a sounds like an album title doesn't it it does um, by some city fans. Boo. It, it's it's really interesting times, and and what happens in the summer will be fascinating. We had a question on Twitter from at Marauder Padfoot. Excellent Twitter handle, by the way. Um, any players who are confirmed joining us in the summer? Well, no, not really. I mean, it's the same speculation as has been going around. I mean, the the De Gea thing. They, a fee has been agreed with Atletico, uh, and uh, the the player has not decided. He doesn't want to be rushed. No one is is rushing him, and this will you know, come to fruition at some point. Um, it's interesting. He also said, I, I should mention, keep up the good work. You guys rock to the core. It would have been churlish not to mention that. Churlish. Yeah. Um, comment on the Schneider rumours and whether he would be a suitable replacement for Paul Scholes. That's at MGZ93. Yeah, 4.5 million euros per annum netto. So uh, it would take a salary bigger than Wayne Rooney's to attract him. Unless he fancies a uh, fancies a pay cut. I mean, part of the problem there is that uh, they uh, clearly don't have the Beckham rule or anything like that in, in Italy, but they don't have a 50% tax rate either. And um, the euro-pound conversion rate is not very good at the moment. And, and HMRC, the, the tax office here in the UK, uh, are coming down quite hard on these image rights, which tend to be paid uh, to a company rather than the player themselves and then obviously they pay corporation tax on that which is 19% quite a big tax saving Uh, the problem is when as a company uh, only has one employee or there's only one source of income HMRC tend to see that as earned income and will want to tax that so that's going through the courts right at the moment but I think it's going to put off a lot of players um, from accepting a contract uh, without proviso that, that they maintain their wages if this can't be done so anyway very long-winded way of saying it would cost United an absolute fortune to bring Schneider I, 
I have a strange, you know, sense that if I was Wesley Schneider, Wesley Schneider has already earned an absolute fortune. Surely the prospect of glory has got to be quite appealing. But it's all, it's also about it's also about United. I mean, I mean maybe Schneider, a marquee player, maybe they would pay him the, the same sort of level of wages as as Rooney, uh, and and that's you know what it will take, Pro- probably more to keep parity. Parity, and so yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? So what what the uh, Glazer family are thinking of? He's right on the cusp as well of the policies 26 Schneider they they have this sort of unwritten policy or um, pretty well enacted of not buying players uh, who are who are over 26 and, and only buying players who will have a future transfer value he would just be so good he would just it, it just seems like isn't he worth breaking the bank for so long as you're not actually putting the club in any more financial peril than you've already put them in isn't isn't he worth paying the, the absolute top dollar for because he is the player we need a few tactical concerns there I mean he, do, he does play tend to play uh, in a sort of in the role that Rooney is now currently playing right. so he's, he plays you know fairly high up the pitch I mean I've seen him I've seen him play actually for, for both Inter and Holland in a, in a deeper role which is kind of what he'd need to do by by no means uh, can you not have two playmakers in the side clearly, clearly you can uh, and so I, I you know I think he's a smart enough player that that he could adapt um, but that, that's so that's that's one option the, the other one which which might be easier to pull off but still outrageously expensive would be Luka Modric who, who does naturally play in that kind of deeper playmaker role and would fit into the current United system Uh, whether Tottenham play ball or not who knows it's going to be very, very interesting to see. But I think the pretty definitive answer to whether anything has been sorted is that no, nothing nothing has yet been sorted. Well, at least not announced. I mean, United, I remember, uh, were very good last summer at, at uh, keeping things secret. So, you know, small, I guess Smalling was known about for a long time, but they managed to do that one fairly secretly. Uh, at Hernandez, super, super secret. Baby, so secret that no one at the club actually knew about it until he turned end up you know with his park bench in tow i feel like it's really important at this point to say that we essentially made fun of the signing of hernandez and one of the reasons that we did was because his 10 best goals on youtube one of them kind of went in off the back of his head but having seen what he can do with the back of his head we definitely have some serious humble pie to eat there because now i believe he definitely meant it (laughs) well after that stoke goal yeah you, you would believe that wouldn't you yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so it's time to move on to some Twitter questions. Uh, we've already kind of introduced them, so let's keep reading them out. We've got at Mark underscore Pud, who whose question is is an important one, and I think it's something for all United fans who are interested in getting rid of the Glazers to consider. Will Norwich's arrival in the Premiership kill or enhance the Green and Gold? campaign imagine early in the season versus Norwich at home and the whole ground kitted out in green and gold now I have to say it's been very clear that the Glazer protests have uh, quietened in direct proportion to our success on the field uh, the only time they've been really explosive this season was during the Rooney saga and even some of that ire was directed at the player rather than the Glazers um, it, it's been a much quieter season because essentially the large bulk of kind of mass in engagement with the Glazer situation is directly re- related to success on the pitch if United are winning the league most people are not going to be singing we want Glazer out uh, well yes I mean they, they ought to be very different right people ought to be looking at the long-term financial viability of the club and what that means for ticket prices and the way the Glazer family interact with supporters and how United are going to 
pay off 500 million pounds worth of bonds I mean they're not and the Glazers just run their clubs on debt um, but but that should be separate from success on the pitch but of course it's not and in fans minds you know success is success and, and it's all about the now and uh, that that was never actually the point uh, of uh, the Glazer process but you're right they, they completely died down you, you see very little green and gold in the, in the crowd anymore the, the Glazer chanting is sometimes non-existent and uh, sometimes just to the end of the games and and um, you know there, there was some fuss from must over the recent ticket price announcement which is is a pound per game effectively uh, and you know it's still it's still a price rise that's that's you know 18 pounds extra for your your, your season ticket plus all the cup games and all that as well you, you you're forced to buy under the, the glazer regimes you know lovely automatic cup ticket schemes so. it's not unreasonable though is well, it it's, it's over inflation but it, it probably tracks quite well with uh, united's wage inflation at the moment so yeah, yeah and, and inflation is going to go up to five percent next year anyway isn't it probably so uh, it's not not far off tell tell my employers who've just given me a three percent pay rise tell them that i'd, I'd like i'd like to hear them justify it <laughs> I haven't had a pay rise uh, for two years, so uh, I'm, I'm, you can you can keep your private sector jobs, Ed, with your swish three percent pay rise. I work for a not for profit. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it yeah. is it a not for profit from the private sector though? Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. There we go. Um, if <laughs> that's why you're only getting a three percent pay rise anyway, Ed, because it's not for profit. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it should be for my personal profit. <laughs> yeah. Outrageous. Um, we've been asked by Happy Hero how many times we're going to mention the number nineteen. Uh, he hopes the answer is a big fat zero because of reasons of superstition, which I, I understand fully. Uh, I think I've made it very clear my position on this. We have not yet won the league, but if we do, it will be brilliant. And, and of course, we didn't really talk about it. Uh, the campaign or a social media campaign to try and get uh, uh, the the no 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 nineteen track back to the top of the charts. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but I have to say one one thing I I find a bit distasteful about this. This this is a song about you know people getting blown up in the jungles of Vietnam. I I, I have to say I'm just I'm not quite tallying these two things together. I know it says nineteen. I know it's called nineteen. I know it'll be United nineteenth championship. But aside from that, absolutely no correlation. No. It just goes no 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 nineteen a lot, doesn't it? But it does say the average age of the combat participants in the Vietnam War was no 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 nineteen. I'd misremembered it actually. I thought it was um, the average age of people that died in the Vietnam War. But at Kingswood Runner pointed out to me that uh, no, it's the average age of the combat soldier, which of course instantly brought that um, sample back to mind. Yeah, weird. I, it's it's really unfortunate how little football fans think about stuff. I guess. Uh, Paul Harcastle's been really good-humoured about the whole thing, even though he's a Chelsea fan. Um, he said he's going to try and get EMI to donate the, any profits from this to uh, to a, a, a charity for um, the kids of veterans, which is which is a very nice thing to do. At the moment, it's languishing. It was up to a high of about 17 in the charts, but it's uh, it's still in the top 30. It's it's at number 29, so I don't think we're going to get it to number one. Um, and I, I'm not sure that I particularly regret that, given the dissonance between the subject matter and celebration it doesn't doesn't seem so bad that that's not going to work
Right. We've had uh, some more questions come in. This is a this is a slightly unusual one. At MUFC Jeff says that he loves the rank cast and uh, can he have some personal history on the pair of us and how and when we met? Uh, I, I I can't. I've I've no. I don't think either of us have any memory of when we met because we've known each other since I think I was three and you were four. Uh, as kids, we lived in houses with gardens which backed in, onto each other, which had a door in the back garden fence, so we could uh, get to each other houses pretty easily and we grew up uh, playing football in your back garden and cricket in my back garden and all that sort of thing breaking all sorts of windows yes <laughs> yes there were lots of them and uh, you know we occasionally fell out over you know who it was that broke the window pretty much definitely heard. and I supported United because you did and you were my best friend and you were more grown up than me so it was clearly the right thing to do clearly clearly <laughs> that was how it worked uh, we've been asked also by at uh, J Duke underscore for a shout out to our Canadian Rantcast fans he loves the show listens every week can't wait to watch the champion Champions League final, uh, we can't either, and a massive shout out to any Canadian Rantcast fans, the idea that anyone loves the show and listens every week is amazing to me, let alone people all the way over there in Canada. Canada, amazing country. It is, uh, and a very important one, uh, we've been asked by at Jack underscore Marshall underscore to get in a Jack Marshall rules comment, and anything that's good enough for Wayne Rooney is good enough for me. Jack Marshall clearly does rule, so very easy for us to get that comment in it's a pleasure and uh, our very best wishes go out to Jack and we've had a question from at Awate91 asking where the meetup's going to be and also requesting that we big him up uh, sir we big you up every single day uh, in whatever way we can and as for where the meetup's going to be I don't think we know yet do no, we? No 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 we, we, we'll get something out on Twitter and the website and stuff like that I, I think we were just looking at logistics and, and whether you know by a miracle a, a ticket arrived in the post almost certainly not going to happen so yeah we, we will we will do something uh, in terms of a meetup yeah um i think there's two shows between now and then as well so if you are not a regular follower of either of our twitter feeds that's at united rant for ed and at utd rantcast for me and you don't go to unitedrant.co.uk well you definitely should we'll we'll definitely announce any details um what we're thinking of probably doing is must are going to have some sort of screening we might uh, just tag along to that because then people don't have to decide what to go to and all that sort of thing and also they'll definitely be there there'll definitely be people there uh, for that so we won't feel all lonely if no one turns up for our thing talking of twitter you know i i I quite like technology and i i've for many years listened to a podcast called this week in tech i heard about twitter on that about i've had a twitter account for four or five years somewhere around there um i think four years you know when i heard about it and i sort of saw all the tech applications for it and you know then it came to prominence and there was all this celebrity tweeting and that was kind of exciting to see and then when when actually it served a really useful purpose in iran and um, in, in in recent sort of revolutionary activity in North Africa. It's been kind of fascinating to see that. But never at any point did I think that the best thing that ever happened to Twitter would be the Neville brothers. <laughs> yes. Incredible amount of banter, isn't it? And, and, and just basically just making fun of each other constantly. I think Phil Neville's one nil up in this one as well. I, I think they both they both do well. They, they both get a few good ones in. I very much enjoyed Gary Neville saying hey listen I stayed on the ship until I ran out of juice when he was accused of jumping ship and uh, asking whether Everton was safe yet 
I enjoyed that. Uh, what's immensely clear is that Phil Neville is perhaps unsurprisingly a massive, massive Manchester United fan. Yes, absolutely. And he can go back to it once he's quit his playing days. Yeah, he's clearly just waiting for the day. It's very cool. They both they both come across extremely likeable, which is perhaps no surprise because for all Gary Neville's shop steward reputation, he's he's got he's clearly got some some good qualities as a person and and they both sort of managed to stay relatively down to earth I think given their rather unusual lives yes well and of course Gary Neville will be on on Sky TV next year and and no doubt amongst the crowd uh, the Champions League although I very much doubt he meets the qualifying criteria of having been to all the league games all 10 cup games and and applied for at least six away European games as well I don't think he's done that no, but in fairness, he was like on the bench for some of those games, so he should probably be allowed. Um, I, I I think uh, the, the the qualifying thing is is kind of bizarre. I guess it makes sense because you reward your hardest of hardcore fans that way, don't you? Uh, well, they do, and, and the executive ticket holders. Yeah. Oh, and in in fact, anyone who just wants to buy one of their packages, so you can you can qualify either by paying a lot of money. In one case, a bit weird. This one, a two hundred twenty-five pound ticket with. Uh, what seems like a four hundred four hundred pound bus ride to London. So what, what's the deal with that? It's then? like five hundred ninety four pounds uh, through Thomas Cook Travel Services. It's one of the United travel partners and and it, it basically includes uh, some food i think it's a restaurant they're stopping off probably a posh restaurant and uh, and uh, a match ticket and travel down to london god it's absolutely ridiculous isn't it if anyone is an eccentric millionaire that's listening to the rank cast uh, me and ed would love to go to the champions league final I'm, I'm seriously i'm just gonna basically beg for us to be given tickets uh, every every episode until then well, well, so well the funny for... thing this week uh, my my employer and for reasons that i don't know uh, sent an email to a Everyone saying uh, first person to get back to me, you know, saying they want these tickets can have these tickets uh, for the FA Cup final between Manchester City and Stoke. And it was really early in the morning. I just happened to be early in the office, so if I'd wanted them, I could have got them. You should have definitely got them to sell them. That would have then we could have paid for our Champions League final tickets. I can't believe you didn't do that. <laughs> Good plan. Yeah. So so we we I, I must make it clear I'm not looking for a ticket that you're prepared to sell me because that would do me absolutely no good whatsoever straight up just asking if anyone wants to give us tickets um you know it could happen i figure this is the best chance i've got of ever going to a champions league final featuring manchester united in my whole yeah, life you keep on keep on with the begging paul yeah i, I think it <laughs> i think it becomes you yeah I, I i don't feel in the slightest bit undignified yeah, very good well uh, on that note of paul's lack of dignity no no i i i refute that not not a lack of dignity my profound dignity through humility mm, shame Shameless, shameless begging. Yeah, I, I think that probably just about wraps up our show for this week, doesn't it? And uh, well, we've got to briefly touch on Blackburn uh, before we go, and and some predictions. I mean, United, as we've said, uh, they'll get the points, right? Now, I, I think United will win comfortably at Blackburn. I think there's no pressure now, and uh, and Blackburn have all the pressure. And they'll freeze up, and United will go there, and I think we'll get a comfortable win. I'm going to say three 0 I just cannot bring myself to predict that. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't see really how we're playing without pressure on us since we've absolutely got to get a point and since for all the waxing lyrical I've done about United's performances in recent weeks the only decent away performances were in the Champions League very very decent though they were um, so we still haven't really put in 
a good performance away from home in the Premiership all season, um, unless I'm, I'm misremembering. Uh, certainly not more than one or two. So I don't particularly think we'll do that now, particularly given the level of rotation which you can expect. So I think it's going to be a slightly nervy 1-1 draw. Very different predictions from us for a change. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Oh, talking of interesting to see what happens, just just before we go, today, we're recording this on Wednesday, today Ben Foster announced his international sort of semi-retirement. Yeah, he's taking a break, he said. He's got aching bones. I wonder whether he just meant he wanted to miss Miss England's summer games at first, but I don't think there are any uh, because the, the, uh, the mooted game with Thailand, uh, basically to try and bribe the Thai exec co member of FIFA uh, was cancelled as soon as England got you know zero votes in the in the FIFA World Cup bid or two or whatever it was. So I don't think England have got a summer game. Um, so yeah, it's not that he he's just wanting to take a break from international football for an unspecified period. It's a really really strange one. I mean, Jacob Steinberg, the Guardian journalist, was saying on Twitter that he seems to have somewhat of an odd mentality. Ben Foster, obviously very unpopular with a certain section of the United faith for his comments about how the green and gold campaign negatively affected United's chances of winning the league last season uh, which I think is probably fairly inaccurate let alone whether it's a, a kind of cool thing to say or yeah, not yeah well it, his, his fumbling with the ball when he was in the United goal negatively affected United's title chances so I, yeah, I don't think he really had a point there no absolutely um, and, and I do wonder if it's just that playing for England is really 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 unpleasant nowadays and it used to be seen as this great honour and there was a sort of unified collective support for the England team which doesn't seem to exist in the same way now I, I do wonder if it's that sort no I, and I think if he was actually if he actually had a chance of playing then then he might feel differently I mean if he was the number one then then and he's not right so uh, in theory he could be doing a lot of midweek traveling to not play well he he is number two you know it only takes Joe Hart to drop form a little bit or tweak a hamstring or something I think Ben Foster's second in line isn't he yes yes I guess so. Anyway, so yeah, a very early retirement at the age of 28. Yeah, very strange one. Uh, you see, Sir Alex's effect uh, lasts a long time, even if you leave Manchester United. He gets players to retire from international football uh, for the sake of other clubs. He is quite good mates with Alec McLeish, you would expect, so maybe, maybe that's why he's done well, it. because he's Scottish. That, that's the se- second piece of Scottish racialism that you've, 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 uh, you've brought up on this show. It's outrageous. It's not because he's Scottish, it's because he used to play under him. Mind you, not not that all exactly all the players that used to play under Sir Alex are now mates with him. No, quite. It's been a pleasure talking to you once again, Ed. Um, I'm delighted that we get the opportunity to do this every week, and I very, very, very much look forward to recording the episode after we've actually won the league, assuming that we do manage to do that from here. And that will be that will be this weekend. So uh, everyone enjoy that. Uh, I think about fifty thousand people are descending on Blackburn for the game. Blackburn fans have been selling their tickets to United fans, uh, so I, I I half suspect it, uh, Ewood Park will be full of red. It's an interesting on that selling the tickets thing because they do kind of potentially still need a point Blackburn I mean they're probably safe but not mathematically safe by a long shot well they won't won't be there to see their side getting walloped by United then will they (laughs) alright well um, I hope you're right um, but even if I am right we we still get the draw that we need and win title number no I'm not going to say see you then